right. I drop everyone. Here we are in the Maxwell living room once again. And tonight on the podcast, we have not Natalie, which was what I was saying, but Natalie, Nikki Forrick. Did I say the last part right? Uh, Damn it. No. <laughs> uh, please pronounce uh, your name for the audience. Nikki Forrick. Uh, and Natalie is spelled exactly like Natalie. There you go. In case people were wondering. Don't worry, it'll be the title of the episode. Unless we could do something real juicy for the in the next like hour here, and then we'll have to change the title to that. But <laughs> not trying to suggest that. I'm just saying there was uh, there was some stocks earlier. Of if this podcast got really weird, all of a sudden it would be a sensational podcast. I'm just saying. All right. Good kind of weird. <laughs> We were just joking. Uh, we have Amos, and this is probably why this arose. arose is uh... <laughs> we have to start this over. Amos, EP in, in the house, executive producer. Amos, say what up, real quick. I'm in the room. I'll be very far away. Yeah, where he belongs. All right. Um, so, real quick, let's get started with um, just some basics about you. Like, you're from Canada, first of all. Yeah, I've been doing parkour for about four years now. All right. Yeah. Me too, actually. I've been going a little more than four years. Where are you at? Uh, pretty much four years, exactly. Ah, so obviously I have to be better than you then. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works, right, in parkour? Well... If you're, you're, you're training for five years, you're not better than the four-year guy, then you should just quit. Probably. <laughs> but that's why you should probably quit. Really. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to quit. Amos has got to quit for sure because he's worse than both of us. All right. Um, and what's, your, like, your movement background? Um, so when I was younger, I played soccer probably two or three years. And I rode horses competitively. Wait, define competitive. younger real quick. How? I was like, probably, like, 13, 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because we all played, like, peewee soccer or whatever, like, the really little kid one. I was wondering if you did, like, high school or no. anything like that. But yeah. I was, like, a farm girl, so I always grew up, like, playing around on the farm and jumping on bales and doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, tell us a little more about that, because you live... I don't really know too much about you, but, like, you, from what I hear, you live in the boonies of Canada. Like, yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere in Alberta, Canada. So. And so it's basically just you and, like, 40 acres of backyard. Yeah, and, like, 30 horses. A few farmers. 30 horses, really? Yeah. They're all yours? No, not all mine. I only have one. Okay. But those are, like, some of the horses that you raise. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into that. Um, you were saying soccer, horse riding. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's it. I started parkour when I was, like, 19. Damn. And you're how old now? 23. So, I guess that makes sense with the four years. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I used to be good at that. Um, so that's interesting a little bit because I think that's something that's come up in your movement style. Um, is just you stand out, at least to me, a little bit amongst like other female practitioners of parkour because you don't have gymnastics background as far as I know, right? No, not at all. And, you know, for my, for my taste specifically, I really dig it because I just don't – I'm not like really into the gymnastics – like, movement as much anyhow. Um, and I'm not, like, super into the flips and, like, whatever. Um, but how has that, like, been for you? Just training and being around a lot of other people with gymnastics backgrounds, like, 
whether they're females or not? Um, it's been a little bit different. Like, I've had to separate myself from people who do have gymnastics background because, like, I don't have eight years of experience doing flips and that kind of stuff. So I think it's really developed my own style and my own way because of that. How would you, like, describe that style? Um, I like quadrupedal movements and, like, mm-hmm. basic vaults. Moving fast. Those are all things that... The farm style. The farm style. Is that what you want to quote it as the farm style? Farm style. Canadian farm style. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you feel like you ever move like your horses? (laughs) They're not necessarily known for their QM, but they're very fast. I'm wondering if you ever get inspired. They're not known for their QM. They're moving on all fours. Well, I know, but, like, they're not known for, like... (laughs) They must just call me out. They're not known for... Like, a gorilla is known for, like, the way that you move in QM, and it moves in QM is the same thing, kind Wait, of. Well, you've never done horse QM. I've never, that's what I'm saying, is, like, horse QM is, like, prancing. Horse. Like, Vinny Fiaka will do that sometimes. He, like, prances <laughs> around, like, on basic QM. He's totally cool with horse QM. But, uh, that's, like, not that's, like, equestrian QM. That's not even, like, racehorse. I think when I was younger, I used to imitate the horses in QM, and that's probably why I'm so good at doing QM movements. She's not <laughs> boasting, by the way. She took my time trials class last night and just was destroying it. And it was kind of funny because I didn't really know that about you. But the course was very much geared towards a lot of, do- a lot of doing some, like, serious QM, like, vaults and basic just high-speed vaults and uh, quadrupedal movement. Did you like the course? Yeah, it was really fun. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> I was trying to impress... Uh, Amos and, and Natalie, or Natalie. <laughs> I was like, Natalie. There you go. Uh, we're both in my class, and it was like two special stars. I had to had to blow up the course. I'm not a star. You're kind of a star. <laughs> name, the, name some of the awards that you've gotten. You've gotten, or the trophies. Oh, you got first trophy. place in, uh, in some competitions, though, right? Yeah, I got first place in a PKBC, which is in Vancouver. Okay. Um, and is that put on female. by Origins? Yeah. Or? For the female competition, I got first place. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think females should have, like, their own competition, or do you want to compete on the same courses with the guys in the same competition? Well, I'm not naive in thinking that I could keep up with the guys, but I would definitely, like, strive for that. It would be really cool to be able to do the same things, but, you know. When you look at other sports, what do you think is? Uh, what do you think? You said you're not naive in thinking like you could keep up with with some of the guys. Do you think it's just just the pure genetics of it? Guys have more yeah pure power genetics. Output? If you look at any like Olympic sport, like mm-hmm. other than horse riding, like the guys and the girls don't compete. So I'm not naive in thinking that I'll be able to do that, but I don't want to limit myself because I'm a girl. All right, uh, we're cutting in. From, for whatever reason, my computer stopped, but it only, we only missed like 10 seconds of, of conversation before we uh, caught it. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first edit of podcast ever, <laughs> of High Drop Podcast. I've never had to like actually cut footage or anything, but we had to restart the recording. Amos was saying... Yeah, um, well, actually, the reason we edited it is because Brandon said something terribly <laughs> absurd and almost embarrassing. <laughs> And so we're gonna have to splice this together. And I almost had to leave the room. Yeah, it was, it was bad. We're not gonna just. Don't worry about it. But because wanna... if you want to know what I said, go into <laughs> Amos's imagination, 
and dig around because I don't know what he's talking about. Don't go in there. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't I mean, recommend this is, that. This is what I said before that got cut off as I was saying. Um, Natalia was talking about um, running with the boys. And I was just saying, let's look at last night, for instance. We went to time trials class. You had one of the top times. Um, I think you need to be careful. Don't compare yourself to genetic freaks such as Mish and Dylan and Brandon. Well, she... Half those guys are on steroids and eggs. <laughs> At least everyone from Apex Movement. Yeah. So don't compare yourself to those guys. Um, they're, they're just anomalies. So, yeah, basically, so you're saying, in general, like, the elite women are still just going to be not on the same level as elite men with general course running. Yeah, basically, unless there's an extreme outlier, like, mm-hmm. I don't really believe that we will be able to run together with the top of the sport. For sure. That's... An interesting point. At the same time, do you see any way around it? Because I feel like we were getting into course design. Um, I feel like courses can be designed to benefit, like, for example, um, I'm smaller, a little bit more flexible than probably most guys, so I can squeeze through tighter spaces a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. So if that's implemented into a course, it might be a little bit more in my favor. And the other thing that I want to, like, um, address is I don't think it's any less exciting necessarily, to watch less fast, less fast athletes or whatever, like slightly, um, but like a a female athlete versus a male athlete on the same course, um, especially like in a widespread of of elite athletes, I think is going to be just as entertaining and just as beneficial for the audience and the athletes to compete in. Sort of like, I'm a huge fan of UFC, like the women's division there, obviously, Ronda Rousey's like the super champ. I don't know if you watch UFC. No, I never But anyhow, there's like this lady. There's only one um, weight in the division in the women's like. There's only one weight division, and Ronda Rousey's like the queen of it right now. But um, she's showing basically the whole world right now that you can still have really elite athletes, and she's like maybe the most highly paid and successful UFC fighter of all the men fighters included. So like she's one of the if she's not the most famous and most successful she's damn close so I just think like um, uh, the same thing could be applied to parkour courses I don't know what do you think I don't know maybe um, something really interesting that I've found in lately I've been getting into powerlifting a little bit more and all of the women and men basically compete together even though they're in different classes they compete all at the same time mm-hmm. and you feel the same kind of support for both the men and the women, and everyone's excited about whatever you can do. It doesn't matter if it's, like, you're only lifting 10 pounds or, like, 600. Yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've not gotten into powerlifting at all. Like, how do those competitions work? Um, basically, you have... What are they main, meets? Like, I don't know what they're called. They're called meets. Okay. Like powerlifting meets. <laughs> so, basically, you have your main three lifts, you know, deadlift, squat, bench press. Okay. And you get three attempts at each of those. And you've got your nine lifts, and that's your meat. <laughs> cool. And you're, how do you feel like that transfers to your parkour training, or is that something you started purely for the sake of doing it, not necessarily because you wanted to jump further or anything? Or? No, I started, I started weightlifting purely because I didn't want to jump further and, like, <laughs> and become stronger in parkour. Yeah, it has. I've probably added, like, a foot to my jump in the last year Whoa. based on and what about, like, recovery? Do you feel like as a stronger athlete now that you're able to 
um, do more in other in any other way just because you're not are you injured less or anything like that? I feel like I've dealt with a lot of muscle imbalances that I had before through lifting. Mm-hmm. And so that's really helped my parkour as well because I'm finding I'm less sore because of those imbalances. Like, my hips don't bother me as much as they used to. What would they used to bother you about? Just, like... They used to just get sore and tight. <laughs> I think it's mostly because I spent so much time riding horses. So I was uh, wearing, like, quad What kind dominance. of muscle? In, oh, that's quad dominance? Yeah. Everything's quad dominance. Is there a sport that you can do? Hamstring dominance. <laughs> that gives you hamstring dominance? Because I think everyone could just cross-train playing that, whatever it is. 80s music videos. 80s music videos? Just some some kicks and some... So I'm, I'm seeing the image of the person on their back just hip-thrusting into the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, some That's guitar. Maybe it's a guitar on fire in their hips, thrusting it into the air. Yeah. And if the guitar is made of something heavy... There you go. Like two hundred pound barbell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, that's great. What do you? What kind of numbers? If you don't mind me asking, are you? Are you putting up these days? Well, <laughs> that's kind of funny. But my squat is like somewhere around two ten for one rep max. Bench press is like one fifty five, and deadlift is around three twenty. So all of those are actually provincial records for Damn. Canada. So you could deadlift me What's right a, now. I could. Two of you, even. <laughs> yeah, you skinny you know, bones. You She can definitely lift but I you. I could do two. You grab you by the each braid and just pull. Um, I want to get deadlifted right now. So you're a record-holding powerlifter now, too. Wait, don't distract from this. I want to get deadlifted <laughs> on this podcast right now. Um, there's no way this is going to happen, but... That might be for afterwards. What? <laughs> Maybe you could commentary. I'll, I'll, just I'll do some commentary. Do you want to try to deadlift Amos? <clears throat> All right, here we go. I, he's got no handles. <laughs> yeah, right here, dude. Okay, <laughs> let's get this over with because Amos is insisting. <laughs> go yeah, over there. <laughs> okay, she's queuing uh, up. Good form. Nice vertical shins. Straight but flat back. And oh my Amos God. is off the ground. <laughs> Amos is off the ground for a second there. Before we laughed and he dropped her, or she dropped him. Yeah, yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Okay. I'm was he heavier this. or poor lighter et- than you thought? Poor etiquette on the weight drop, but <laughs> I'm impressed. He was lighter. <laughs> yeah, you don't carry enough weight. Where she, do you think he does enough deadlifts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Um. So, what is a provincial, provincial, what do you check? I don't even know. Provincial. Provincial. In Canada, we have provinces instead of I, states. I should still know the word. It's a real English word, but I have no excuse. Provincial, what is, like, the record? Is that, like, a, a I don't even know. How big is a province? Oh, my God. Dude, Canada is, it's not a big country. It's, like, maybe the size of a city. I've got it here on my phone right now. It fits is, in my phone. Is Alberta right like the province, or is there a bunch of provinces in Alberta? <laughs> Alberta's province. Okay, so <laughs> so you're the beastliest in your weight class in Alberta in history. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And I'm sure you worked pretty hard for it, but... Um, I trained for eight months. Yeah. yeah. Do you think your parkour helped you get um, an edge on the other competitors? I think so. I think I was strong to begin with because of parkour, but... I wasn't training lifting to lift. I was doing it for fun, kind of. Cool. Like, when I competed. And how did you get convinced that, like, you need to go to this meet? 
just did it one day. You just did it. <laughs> thought it would be cool to experience it. I wanted to see what the female community was like in powerlifting. What's it like? It's grown a lot in the last few years. Like, you go to meet, and it's pretty much 50-50 with the women and men compete. Yeah. And same with CrossFit, I guess. CrossFit has grown a lot in that way, too. So. Yeah, it's huge. What do you think, like, is the driving force behind that? Are people just wising up and realizing that? I think women are realizing that you can be strong without, like, looking like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think generally the, the kind of body women desire in, in general is built by doing lifts. Yeah, like, it is. Like, more easily than it's going to be built by doing, like, 30-mile jogs or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I think people are finally starting to learn that. So, how did you get turned on to like that? Did you, did you just not care about looking like a monster, or did you uh, actually just know going into it that you're like, oh, this is going to be not only really good for my jumping, um, but I would say that I knew going into it, like I was always kind of influenced into lifting through my brother because he was always really big into like bodybuilding and powerlifting kind of stuff, and so I'd always dabbled in it. But I never really took it seriously until, like, the last year of my life. And it only took one year to become champion. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty beast. Um, so you've got some medals in that division. You've won some parkour competitions. How do you feel about the parkour, the female parkour community? And just being, like, a, one of the relatively few female practitioners, especially at, like, the level you're at. Well, I feel like the female parkour community is really growing like lately i've noticed that there's a lot of meetups that are you know, female meetups mm -hmm. and that's seeming to becoming more popular and more common so obviously the community is growing before the podcast started you were telling me a little bit how you don't really see yourself as like female practitioner but just like as an individual yeah i see myself a little bit more i see myself as an individual who has strengths and weaknesses to work on i don't like to associate myself with a gender, kind of, so to speak. Because it'll put, like, stigmas, on, not necessarily stigmas, but it puts expectations on you that you don't necessarily want, or... Yeah, I don't want to be limiting myself because I believe that I might be weaker because I'm a girl. Good point. And, um, what was I going to say? Um, there's, there's, uh... The same kind of thing would happen for a guy. Do you think there's there's anything holding back um, men just because they feel like they have to train a certain way? Or do you see any of, like, the other like, side of that? I feel like that might be something for you to answer. What's it like to be a male in the parkour community? Oh, man, it's the worst. <laughs> there's no girls, <laughs> first of all. And then, second of all, everyone thinks you have to jump over your own head all the time. And, uh, no, I mean, I don't know. It's... I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, same because with me. Because I'm so very much like the, uh, yeah, it's sort of normal, and I don't, I don't think anyone really puts too much weight on it. Well, in a way, that's same same with me. I don't think about the fact that I'm a girl when I'm training. I'm just out there working on what I need to work on. Cool. That's a good way to look at it. Um, are you aware of the, of the fact that you're maybe one of the role models, though, for like a lot of, do you feel any pressure? Just, or should I put the pressure on you right now? Well, you, know, you could start. I might I mean, make more videos at least. It's it's. I'm not trying to to say that you have to feel pressure or anything for real, but uh, it's interesting because there there are more female role models for young girls out there, 
people like you that they can look up to. And I think that people like you that are blazing a trail in this way, whether you like want to admit to it or not, are like really doing something great for, for the young girls out there that might want to try parkour, but will feel that it's not for them. Yeah. Well, I feel for that reason, like we need to be seen. Mm -hmm. And lately at the events in parkour, like the course running events, women haven't really been given the opportunity to be seen. And so it's harder for us to be that kind of inspiration for younger women. Definitely. So you're calling Amos out for not putting... I'm just kidding. I think she's calling Origins out. She's calling Origins out, yeah. I'm not calling anyone no. out. <laughs> but, uh, but you definitely would like to see more exposure for girls in I would. competition. More opportunities for us to be able to show what we can do would be nice. And she's, then, she's not calling out me because we've had a women's division. Every comp that we've ever run, or we've run the women with the men as well. And we're always looking But we're not putting it on back. live stream. We so. can't. <laughs> we're not trying to throw that much money out of it yet. But we're always trying to involve women as much as possible and getting feedback to improve. So I hope you're not calling me. <laughs> um, no, I think that's a good point. Do you feel like there's a little bit of a a lacking still in, like, just general of really beast. Not beast. I want to make you guys sound like monsters or whatever. But uh, just, like, really, really good, like, female athletes. I'm seeing, like, a lot of people coming up that we can name, like, the most famous ones, right? Maybe you, Lucy Romberg. Yeah, like All Erica. these, like, Erica, these famous um, female practitioners. Tam with a cam. Tam with a cam is another one of our favorites. Do you feel like there's there just needs to be more of them, or is there any anything that you think needs to be done at all? Uh, I think there needs to be more of them. Like, I don't know. It's something like we need more women out there, kind of showing what they can do, as well as like starting to get more women involved at the most basic levels. And on that note, I'm going to call you out because I don't think I've ever seen a video. Been put out. By I made you. one video. <laughs> Where and is it? It's on YouTube. Oh, okay, okay. What's and your What's you, your channel? If you want to just let everyone know real quick. I don't know. YouTube my name. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Way to plug yourself. <laughs> I can't pronounce your name. I don't, I don't, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> YouTube Natalie Nikiforic or whatever. You better spell that after the and I, Yeah, I'm gonna have to put in the title, but. But I actually was, that's a serious question. There's not a whole lot of content coming out from, from you, at least. No, I haven't gotten around to putting out content. I Is it something that you find is hard to do or not want to do it? or? It's something that I find hard to do because I prefer to play than to be focused on, like, redoing stuff for a camera. Mm -hmm. So we Gosh. need someone to just follow Gosh. you around. That's cool. Yeah, if somebody followed me around, they'd probably get cool stuff. But and that's something that plagues everyone, I think. Yeah. Um, it's like the common plight of the practitioner. Like, I don't know, are, you, are your goals for, for parkour at all um, surrounded in, in making it a career, or is it purely just a fun thing for you and you don't really care one way or the other? It has been purely just fun for me. Um, that doesn't mean it won't go somewhere in the future, but... As of right now, like, I just do it for fun. Cool. Um, personally, I, I hate parkour, and uh, <laughs> I only do it for the 
<laughs> for the millions that I make. And this one will be sponsored by Red Bull. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> I know that sounds like I could, I would want to be sponsored by them just because I just couldn't turn it down. If they offer me a sponsorship, <laughs> doing it. I'm sorry, guys. It's too much at stake here. I have to, I have to make a Jason Paul like railroad train video game video. Did you see that? I did. Like five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't? Were you not too terribly interested in it? No, Just... I was kind of like, that's cool. But then I figured out other stuff that was fun. <laughs> so I'm in kind... Colorado right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're on vacation. You got to make the most of it. Yeah. yeah. What are, like, your interests of movement? Like, what kind of styles of movement do you like? Or do you draw from parkour, even, or other disciplines? Uh, Amos is giving <laughs> a big point to himself right now. <laughs> but for real, who are, like, your biggest influences? Like, what kind of stuff? When you, you go like out to train people. and play, what are you, like, trying to do? Are you trying to recreate any, like, specific styles of movement? Or... I wouldn't say I'm trying to recreate. Not recreate. That sounds real whack. But, uh, <laughs> but like, who do you think inspires you? And, uh, and it been, might not be the way you move at all. But. I don't know. It's been hard for me to say who inspires me because there haven't been that many women in the parkour community, especially ones that haven't been gymnasts all of their life. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of put in the position where I'm trying to find women to look up to. But there's really no one there who moves in a style that I like. I guess Brandy from Seattle would probably be the closest. Yeah, yeah she's a beast as well. Um, shout what out about to like, Brandy. I was big old shout that. out to Brandy. Brandy from Parkour Visions. I was supposed to do that last podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see her. Oh, now we got it. <laughs> <laughs> now we got it. Um, yeah, it's tough. And you're, when you're a pioneer the way you are, like, that's, uh, that's something you're going to have to deal with. However... It should. That's something I like at least a lot in training is doing new stuff, and um, for that reason, I don't even look at parkour often these days for inspiration as much as I look to other disciplines. Do you look outside of of the parkour community for? I do. For idols. Well, I wouldn't say for idols, but like <laughs> uh, lately, I've been taking part in like some hip hop dance, like powerlifting. I've been studying a little bit of, like vaulting with horses. So that's like gymnastics Wait, on horseback. vaulting with horses? Yeah. It's like gymnastics on horseback. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I thought, like, People the horse like... was doing the vault, and I was like, <laughs> this is <laughs> this sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> I want to see more of this. I thought they just jumped over, but it, they were doing, like, actual, like, speeds and stuff on one <laughs> hoof. Vault board. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to recommend that Ronda Rousey that I mentioned earlier. I know that, like... UFC may not have, like, a whole lot of... I actually think it does with, with parkour, but um, but she's, like, one of those female athletes I think any young girl could look up to in a lot of ways. Maybe not all the ways. She's kind of a sass, but uh, <laughs> but she's cool that way. And that's something I'd like to say when you guys were talking about that earlier. <clears throat> I think that's what we need more than anything right now to build the women's community is people like you who are putting out positive content, so that other girls can look up to you and say, yeah, I can do that. Um, I think that's one of the most important elements for developing the female demographic at this point is strong female leaders. So, touche, keep going, um, and all the other girls out there that are doing it, uh, that's super important. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's more and more, but it's hard to get out and film, like you said. 
So just suck it up and do it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually enjoy filming now, but um, it took a long time for me to, like, convince myself that I enjoyed it. And it wasn't that way. Like, it wasn't, like, an actual battle. I wasn't trying to make myself enjoy it. But I took a long look about, look and step back about what I'm doing with, like, my movement and parkour in general. And I realized that it is important to me sometimes to capture what I'm doing and show the world that I'm, like, because I'm trying to do it to push the sport and to show people, like, that, you know, the things that I value, which is hopefully clean movement and the kind of stuff I like to do, which is hopefully innovative and hopefully really beast and hard for me to, to get there, but easy for me to do when it happens. You guys normally do a lot of really technical kind of stuff that you don't really see in other communities. And you're just talking about Apex Movement in general? Yeah. Holla at Apex Movement. <laughs> The most technical of all the, the gyms. Most, I think the most important uh, part of all of that is that it's inspiring to other people. It's educational. It's not just people on the web being like, look what I can do, but it's more so influencing people around the world to try those similar shapes and, uh, and types of movements. And so inspirational, educational. It's yeah. It's very difficult sometimes to... to to get yourself motivated if you if you don't look at the intent and make it uh, a true intent. If you're just like, man, I have to get this footage out and you don't know why you're doing it, then yeah. um, and think about why you really want to do it. Maybe you don't, and then you don't have to. But uh, <laughs> but I realized that it's something that I do want to do, so it was it was a way for me to, to not really have to worry about that conversation with myself anymore. Um, I just thought about it for a while, and I was like, I do want to film stuff. So I'm not going to let myself bitch about it when I want to film stuff anymore. But that's just a thing I'm positing to all you freerunners out there. Um, find out if you really want to do it in your own little heart. <laughs> I've kind of been experimenting with that a little bit. Like, I finally made an Instagram. And I find that a little bit easier for me to put out content because it only has to be, like, 14 seconds long. Or like <laughs> a picture. It's easier for me to drop in something than to put full effort into making a good video for sure yeah that's uh if you do you do uh dailies or anything like that or is it just kind of like whenever you feel like you've got something yeah it's whenever i feel like it yeah even better those are i put i'm starting to put out a youtube series called brandon blog plugging it right here brando blog um which is kind of my outlet for that kind of intent where i just don't care if anyone likes it and I don't really even care if anyone watches it. I'm just doing it for me and to capture, like, a, a story. Yeah. And so I'll go on a little adventure with my GoPro, and um, there's no expectations. I'm not really trying to push the sport even or anything like that. I'm just trying to, like, go have an adventure. Yeah, kind of show what you do. Not even, like, show. Like, it's literally I'm just trying. Like, I've tried to pick moments when I'm not even doing parkour. I always, I always end up doing parkour in the video, but it starts with... Uh, with a different motive of just going... The, mo- the intention is always just to go adventure, and invariably I'm going to do some jumps when I go adventuring, just because I like to do that. But, um, but kind of the same idea. All right, so you're Canadian. Yeah. Like that segue? Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think of the States versus like Canadian training or otherwise culture? I don't know. Canada's a big place, and I haven't really been across all of Canada. Well, you have to speak for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you speak for your country now. 
That's kind of funny, because when I came here last year, I had people, like, I came from Nat Jam, and I had people who asked me, like, oh, who else from Canada is coming? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> do you know how big Canada is? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I have no idea. It's city, right? Yeah. Denver. Yes, like, a little bit smaller So it makes sense you don't know everyone in a city. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> You're not going to know if other people are here from Nat Jam. Yeah. They could live on the west side, and I live on the east. Yeah, exactly. Is is it filled with lumberjacks and snow? Like we all think it does. It is in Alberta. No, it's mostly like moose and like polar bears. Moose? <laughs> There's polar bears, really? No. <laughs> okay, see, this is how little I know about Canada. There's got to be some polar bears in Canada, right? Yeah. Like, like just not anywhere near the people. No, they're near people. But it's like, Have you ever seen a polar bear in real life? No, but I don't live that far north. <laughs> okay. Well, have you met someone who's seen a polar bear in real life? Um, I don't think so. Okay, well then, my logic stands. They're not near people, then, <laughs> according to this conversation. Um, well, I forgot to ask you this because we kind of glossed over it, but, uh, not glossed, but, uh, not female athletes. Are there any other male uh, parkour athletes that you draw as inspiration? Um... Amos Rendow. <laughs> I did not point to myself at all. I didn't even make it. Yeah, but you made some eyes. <laughs> I didn't even look at her. I looked the other way. Bullshit. She right. means that from her heart. For real, though. Amos, Amos is in spirit. Yeah, no, I do really respect his course running and his style. So, he's well, one of them. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, share the, I share the inspiration, or drawing inspiration from Amos Rendow. Um, and yours. I respect for, your course running yourself, oh, too. Well, thank so. you very much. Yeah. I, uh, I don't respect Amos anymore since <laughs> last we competed. I, I inflated your ego. Actually, we haven't competed against each other in so long. Yeah. Because we always are on opposite ends of the competition, or like different schedules. Different so, parts of the world. You gotta, last time, I think, was Tempest Games, right? Yeah. Um. I don't really particularly, we talked about this a little bit like before we started podcasting, enjoy the idea of competition. It's like anxiety filled and just makes you nervous and there's like pressure. But yeah, I still really enjoy doing every competition I've ever done. What is your take on doing competitions? Well, I enjoy it after it's over. <laughs> but not during? I don't know. I actually enjoy I doing do, like. It's a different experience for me. Like, it's something that I find I get kind of nervous and worked up about, but at the same time, like, I try to find a calmness in that before I run my course. Does it affect your training um, outside of competition? Just, do you feel like you get, something that I've experienced is you get a lot of inspiration just from being around lots of really beast athletes and also getting your mind blown a little bit when you're at competitions by what other people are doing. Yeah, I guess in that sense, um, I have drawn a lot of inspiration from the one the competitions that I've been in and seeing like some of those athletes who do like you know, crazy big jumps and like even the really technical stuff. Like I draw on that and try to implement that into my training a little bit. That's sweet. Do you train technical? You like how? What do you? What's your training style? You said you go out and play, but, like, do you specifically like to do 
really precision, like tiny jumps once in a while? Or like, how do you push yourself and keep things interesting? Well, some of my favorite things to do are just like big prees. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like running prees? Or... Yeah, and like plyos and stuff like that. Like, I love to jump, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do try to put variety in my training as well. Like, I'm not a gymnast, but I do flips sometimes when I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an interest of you, of yours? Not so much. Like, I do them. Let me throw this at you. Flips that are, like, practical in some way. Do they float your boat? They would. I'm not at that level yet, but okay. they would if I was. Because I'm starting to get into those. And I think, like, our tastes are kind of similar. We both kind of more gravitate towards the efficient parkour-esque movements, if you have to make it a distinction. But, uh, I like, because the flips are not, they're almost, like, taboo for that kind of mindset, they're, like, my favorite thing when they really work. <laughs> So if you're going, like, over um, a big thorny bush or something that you can't put your vault over or you can't jump over easily, uh, like a big dive front just makes me super stoked. Or, like, a spiky guardrail fence. I don't know. These are the things I think about. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, is it, do you think it's just, like, the efficiency that gets you, like, excited? Or is it just... Um... Yeah, I think so. I like going fast, so... That might be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Um, have you thought about... <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe some of us hate going fast. I feel like a lot of parkour athletes would probably be not those people, though. Since you're tending to run and jump around as fast as you can. Um, I lost my train of thought, but... <laughs> We're going to have to move on to fan questions, I think, pretty soon here. My job. Amos? Alright, I got you some fan questions here. So we posted a little picture of you doing some vaults with some dope chalk and uh, <laughs> effects and stuff. That's for the, what did you say? Is for the Breathe? It was for Breathe Parkour magazine. Um, they're doing a Hints of Hero edition of their next magazine, I guess. So they which, set us up with. Which hero are you? Well, I don't think I'm a specific hero. Oh, they just wanted to make us look like superheroes. Oh, uh, okay. But if you had to give yourself a superhero name. If I do myself a superhero name. Is that something you pick by yourself? I think someone should give me I that. think you actually have to because yeah. you can't tell anyone who you are if you're a superhero. You have an alter ego. You might tell your butler if you're Batman <laughs> or maybe a close friend. I don't know. I don't know who what superheroes confide in, but... You have to come up with come up with it yourself, or maybe you don't. Or you can play. Maybe you just have to start doing some vigilante work, and then the the, the, the press sides, names yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, well, what do you think the press would name you then? What would they name me? In that outfit. In the <laughs> Zebra picture. lady. <laughs> Zebra lady. <laughs> A lady doesn't sound very like superhero esque. It sounds just like. That's why I like it. Yeah, zebra lady. So it sounds like her powers have nothing to do with, um, like, parkour, but but more like camouflage in uh, black and white areas or something. Where does know. the zebra camouflage work? That's my question. In front of other zebras. In front of other zebras, yeah. <laughs> Disguise yourself. They can't tell where you begin. All right, moving along to fan questions. All right, fan questions. 
coming from Make sure you speak age. loudly because you're I'm so far off in the distance. Right now, nowhere near the couches. <laughs> so uh, if you would upgrade me to co-host, I wouldn't have to yell from out here. Well, I don't think uh, I, I guess we could. I mean, we could put you on the. Yeah, you know the other I'm couch. Gonna, I like being executive producer. I don't <laughs> want to be co-host. All right, first question. Tanner French. He asks, what was your tips for building power with standing flips? <laughs> your favorite. Um, I don't do flips. Like, <laughs> like getting as much height and creating as much energy as possible from a stand. Any drills or technique tips or exercises? I'm going to start this question now by prefacing that you do do flips, I'm calling you out, and she's got her all, all her basic flips down real well. So, let's hear this answer. That's for me, that's, that's for I you. Like I mean, it's not one for me. I mean, it's definitely not one for me either, really. It's no, for I Jenks. Think, I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. How do you um, get power with standing flips? What have, what have you give seen? Give us your best, boost your best advice. Yeah. Power well, on standing flips. To boost, like, my strength for jumping and stuff like that. I would say weightlifting has definitely affected that. But a foot on your broad jump, right? Yeah. And probably affected your... I'd probably say deadlift is going to be the most that's going to give you height on sets for either flip, but... I think this technique, getting your hips high before you Maybe flip. squat, actually, would give you more height, and the deadlift helps with the distance more. I don't even know. If you're, like, exploding up, I don't even know. I think for me, the deadlift and the posterior... The hip training, opening is going to be huge. Yeah. So the, your answer, Natalia, is a little bit of technique, a little bit of weightlifting. Yeah. Okay. What's okay. his name again? Tanner French? Tanner French. Tanner French. Sorry, bro. We don't have two flip experts on the cast today, but... Uh, <laughs> but, you know what? I would go look at Brian or Ben Jenks. And, like, his videos, he's got the most power of a standing flip I've ever seen. Um, at least for front flip. Hey, I'll say this as well, though. I'll say this as well. There have been two major times where I've dedicated myself to deadlifting. Mm -hmm. And every single time, my I start over-rotating backflips like madness. I start I jumping that. higher. So if you, don't have, if you already have the technique down, my biggest recommendation is deadlift. All right. Next question. Mark Miller. <clears throat> All right, you know what? I'm going to read this verbatim. Yeah. Just so you guys can hear how this guy writes. And Mark Miller, we're calling you out. you got to spell go check your post, son. Then I'll go through and make some corrections. To all do you find that trusses are popping up more frequently now due to parkour more no? Or due to the availability of couches? <laughs> um, we had to think about this for a solid couple minutes. Yeah, we realized... We, we, we thought about how couches are involved in the female <laughs> demographic of parkour. We thought of everything before Natalia actually pointed out that you probably meant coaches. So, with some corrections here, it sounds like he wants to know if girl practitioners are showing up more frequently um, now due to parkour. To parkour being more known more or, known. To more or to more coaches being coaches available. Being, yeah. What do you think? Or I neither. Was, I would say it has to be both because parkour is getting more well known and more gyms are popping up, so there's more opportunity for women to be taking classes and doing that sort of thing. But I think also a lot of women are also getting to the point where they've been training long enough that they are starting to feel more comfortable in putting out videos, such as myself, because I didn't have a video until this year. 
Do you do any coaching? I used to. Um, not at the moment, because I've mostly been focusing on work in training racehorses. So, so you coach horses? Yeah, That's I coach it. horses. Not people right now. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mark. Make sure you uh, glance over your post next time. <laughs> Just give it a glance. <laughs> one one big glance to edit that thing. All, All right. right, next fan question. Patrick Carbajal <clears throat> asks, aside from being a certified parkour instructor and working at a gym, what are other ways that trossers and trossos can make money? Um, I.e., use your own personal examples if possible. Uh, do you have any? I don't have personal Did you get paid examples. to do the Breathe PK photo shoot? No. So. Did you win any money at We've done, Parkour Comps? Um, no. <laughs> Did you ever get paid to coach someone? Yeah. Oh. That's that parkour was, instructor. He yeah, said besides that. Oh, um, when I lived in Calgary, though, we did performances for various different companies and organizations, and we made money off that. So there I guess go. that counts. That's something I've gotten a little bit of revenue from as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so what's his name? Patrick? You could look into I'll give instructor. you some ideas, Patrick. First of all, just start doing whatever it is that you want to do, and hopefully you'll get paid for it. I think it's a better way to approach that. Obviously, you want to be smart about it, but if you um, approach it from like wanting to make money, chances are the work's not going to be as good, and you might not be as happy. Actually, yeah, that's. I, I wanted to say something about that, too. Um, but She actually offered performance as another mm-hmm. outlet. There are many. Yeah, and there's there's a bunch though. I was gonna say that said, here are like some ideas maybe. There's people that do production to make videos for parkour people, and then they've gotten in, into other productions by doing. Is it? I don't know. Is he saying specifically parkour? Um. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, that's maybe like a secondary one, but like there's. Uh, a parkour clothing company is something I've started on my own with uh, Dylan and and Knox um, to express like ourselves through fashion and just like creating things, creating videos and creating uh, art basically through clothes. Um, but I really don't think you have to limit yourself. Basically, if you are start doing stuff, whatever it is that you're interested in, I think you can eventually find a model to make money off of it. Um, if you get really good at it and you're the only one that does that that way. But. One thing I would like to say is that because now the direction parkour is going and it's starting, the market's starting to become pretty saturated, it's going to be harder to yeah. make this a living. And the biggest thing is that my recommendation is learn how to live poor, follow your passion, and then if that makes you money great but a lot of people fail and that they put that the other direction and they go out to try to make money and they end up selling themselves selling out is what I meant more so and making decisions that put them in places they don't want to be because they're trying to put money before their passion so learn how to live poor first then go try to make your passion your living that's my recommendation some wisdom coming in hot now on the <laughs> podcast not even just <laughs> interesting facts or trivia about Canada, but wisdom. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's kind of how I lived my life, and now I make money um, 
in so many different ways with parkour. So yeah, this the sky's the limit. If you know, if you're an expert on any kind of movement, people might want you to do a seminar. So, but how do you become an expert? You just focus on that, right? And if you're really into like like dive, I, can't, I always think of Tom Coppola's dive rolls because he really delved deep. Yeah. But uh, but anything, if you're really into like just dive press handstands or jumping on the same leg a lot, maybe you could just be the guy <laughs> that just does all of his strides on his right foot and does everything like on one leg. Like it could be anything, could be your niche. So yeah, just do whatever it is that you want to be good at and and what you're interested in. It's a all right. One more fan question here we got. Cody Krantz. He says, who are some of your favorite trusses? And then he and he writes here, I spell bad, but I, I'm going to spell correct him. I think he meant smell. <laughs> um, so let's just ignore that. We kind of already Ooh. covered this, I think. We'd, we'd asked you about some of your favorite traceurs and traces. But, but yeah, you had few, if any. Yeah. And uh, I would say another guy whose style I've kind of been influenced by is Johan LaRue. I've always liked how he's a little bit animalistic in the way that he moves. And I yeah. guess that's why he wore the cattail <laughs> way back when. And it, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of these the influences you're getting actually happened maybe at these competitions that you've attended. Yeah, I guess. I have met everyone who I've <laughs> At competitions, yeah. right? Yeah, it's true. So another bonus of competition, even though we hate them, we get to meet people that inspire us. I remember being inspired by Yoan myself the first time I went to Seattle Summit. This is the first competition I ever went to that was, like, worth noting. Um, well, I guess some of the Apex competitions, like, were local, so they didn't feel as cool that they were still competitions um, that were pretty big. But the, the first one I remember I saw Johan, I was just blown away about how confident he was in his movement and I'd never seen anyone who'd done parkour as long as he had done parkour. Yeah. Like, he's, he was at, like, 11 years or something ridiculous. Maybe 14. even four. Yeah, he was at, like, yeah. 15, probably. He was at 14 or 13 that year, right? So like, now he's definitely past that. Yeah, like, 10 more years to go then. Yeah, and you'd probably be way past it because he didn't have anyone, any Yoel and LaRue's in front of him, <laughs> to, like, showing him what's possible, you know? And I think that made, that was a huge boost to my training, that, that one competition. And seeing Johan and seeing what could, you, how you could move. Um, so props to Johan Larue. Big shout out to Zephyr uh, for inspiring two of our. What about you, Amos? You inspired by Johan? Um, yeah, until I started beating him at some of the. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> how I. That's how I felt about you, Yohan. actually, bro. Was that? <laughs> I said that's how I. That's what happened with me and you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you lost all respect for me. All no, respect. No, actually, I was also present at that Seattle comp. And uh, actually, I've competed with Yoan at least like three or four times. And every time he shows me new stuff I didn't think was possible and, and definitely has inspiring course running skills. Absolutely. And inspiring endurance. <laughs> for whatever reason, anytime you're at a competition... With Johan LaRue, does not stop moving for like 12 hours. He's doing like double backflips off of whatever it is. And 
double corks and, j- and like he's never too tired to squeeze out a cork. He's never too tired to squeeze out one more cork, and then he'll just run the course, and <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but he has more fun. He looks like often than a lot of people at competitions. He's always got a big smile on, so I think that's part of um, why he does so well. All right, uh, there was no more fan questions on your page or your post. If so, we're going to start <laughs> wrapping up. Any last words for all the fans out there? Until you're on this podcast again, this is the last thing they're going to hear of you. It, it, actually, don't put so much pressure on her. I want to ask this. <laughs> I want to ask a specific question. Unless you do have something to say, we are at a point where a lot of female leaders are the puzzle piece missing. Um, it's not missing, sorry. That's, the, that's an important piece for building the female demographic. What would you say to female listeners right now um, that might just be starting parkour or interested and maybe haven't started yet um, to give them maybe some confidence or some, you know, some words of wisdom from your experience of four years? Um, Well, in my experience, like, the parkour community is so friendly and supportive. Nobody cares if we suck. doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy. I care. But Brandon cares, but he doesn't matter. So I don't matter. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares if you suck. Uh, go and do your thing. Like I don't know, just get involved and find people who you can train with, and it'll be fun. Hell yeah! I I want to second that really quick because I've been at plenty of jams where I've seen new people stand aside and be almost <laughs> paralyzed by this idea that people are judging them. And trust me, 99% of people that are at that jam don't care. Everyone has to start somewhere. If you are in this position... And the only reason they would care... And do something. Is because they, they, they might be... The only thing, the reason I've ever noticed someone's movement and been, like, bummed out is if I think that they are trying to get me to notice them yes. or something. Yes, Or not me in particular, but anyone. Just, like... Um, People just want to see you, like, have fun and do your thing and, and train, like, how you want to. They don't want to see you try to impress them or anything. So it's, like, even the opposite of that. It's, like, they'll notice if, you, if you're, if you like... I think people will notice if you stand around and do nothing. But if you're out there doing your own thing, like, yeah. nobody cares. And at the end of the day, well, people might not remember you or they might, but it doesn't really matter. Hell Yeah. Yeah. Um, so train safe, train smart out there, and de-gaff on what anyone else thinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been a fun one. So I'll talk to you next time you're in the United States or maybe at a competition. Yeah, hopefully All right. soon. All competition. Any, anything else, EP? No, I got nothing. Um, make sure you follow... Uh, Natalie on Instagram. What's your Instagram again? Oh, it's like my name. Just your name? You don't even know. Is it just at? No, it is my name. Oh, it is your name, but it's impossible to spell. All right, we'll get it out there. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Good night.